Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, Jenna. How are you? Couldn't be better. Could not be better. Praise the Lord. Just love being with you. Super close. And uh, thanks for being so patient and encouraging when we have technical difficulties. It's very kind of you. Like if your anxiety went up, it would really make mine go up. Well, praise the Lord. Because, you know, I just know that I can't do literally anything. But I can. In regards to technology. Correct. Right. But I can be calm. I can pray. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. (laughs) Anyway. Speaking of that, just kidding. Oh, transition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Beth, Lent just started. Yes. Happy first Friday of Lent. Crazy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good one. I can feel it. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm a little bit nervous. Okay. Tell me about that. Let's explore that. Well, I'm nervous because, you know, we wrote the Lent book together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And mostly I'm just like pouring out my little heart in some areas. And I'm so nervous about people being like, (laughs) I was invited to do a couple of small groups. Yeah. And I said, no, that's weird. What if someone says this chapter is the worst? No one's going to say that, friend. This In story, front of you or behind your back. This story is trash. Mm, I don't think that people picking up a Lent devotional are going to read it and think this is trash. I wonder if this is why people aren't honest about their own story in general. Oh, for sure. Well, you don't know how you're going to be received. Right. That's what I'm terrified about. Okay. Well, actually... I think it's scary to verbalize your own story, your own stuff, and then on top of that, not knowing how you're going to be received. Right. Two parts. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I'm a wee bit nervous, but I'm also super excited. Me too, friend. I think it's going to be, you know, I tell you this all the time. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a great blessing. And I think it was such an act of sacrificial love on your part that I know the Lord is going to multiply that and make it even more fruitful. Yeah. I'm just really grateful that we really invite women to read scripture Yeah, in the book also. Mm -hmm. It's not just Jenna babbling on about random events in my life. Okay. There's no babbling. Okay. Let's start by changing how you talk about the book. Talk about yourself. I appreciate your humility and I understand it's so vulnerable. To share. Yeah, I don't actually think it's babbling. I'm just, I think that I'm using that as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. because I'm nervous about it. This is a safe place, friend. I love you. Every single person listening to the podcast loves you or they wouldn't be here. At least I don't think. That's true. You know? Mm-hmm. Also, we've been thinking about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, most people come to it with really fresh eyes and yeah. like a beautiful open heart and an expectation and faith. To encounter the Lord. And that's what I think the Lent devotional gives them, especially in the Gospels, in their own personal prayer. We really make space for them to encounter Jesus. I'm like, if for nothing else, everyone's just going to be reading the Gospel of John together. And it's so cool. Yeah. Just want to challenge you on that a bit, because (laughs) I think that you do something beautiful 
in the devotional. I think you unlock, I know you're very uncomfortable right now, but I'm going to tell you, vulnerability begets vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So as you shared your story in like a really generous way, Jenna, as you share that, people can tap into their own story, right? That's the whole point of like the Lent bundle, tell your story, Mm -hmm. just like you told your story. But your vulnerability is like a, a doorway for other people to encounter their own story, to encounter Jesus in their story, and then to have the freedom to share it, right? And then they bring that same vulnerability to their experience of reading the scriptures, because mm, Jesus totally. is totally vulnerable yeah. in the scriptures. He's so available to us. But sometimes we approach it like we're studying it from afar mm-hmm. when he wants to have a personal encounter with us. What can be more vulnerable literally than a infant baby? Like the God of the universe totally. became the most vulnerable little human creature. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so beautiful. It's so funny when I hear, I'll hear often people in my life say, don't trust that person, or I don't trust anyone anymore, or Mm. I really struggle with trusting people because of ways I've been hurt, or things in my past, or relationships. And I constantly challenge that. And I I want to live an open-hearted life. I want to live a life of vulnerability. I want to live a life like Jesus, who... Judas was about to betray him, and Mm -hmm. Jesus got down and washed his feet. Mm -hmm. That's vulnerability. That's generosity. Mm -hmm. Like, this person is still going to hurt me, but I'm going to get down, and I'm going to love them. Yeah. I would not have invited Judas to dinner. No. You know what I mean? Judas, get (laughs) out of here. Right. Never. Yeah. So this is why, I mean, that example specifically is why I love the verse that the title is taken from John 13, one, having loved his own in the world, he loved them to the end. So knowing all things, everything he was going to suffer, that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that Peter was going to deny. He mm-hmm. knew those things. Knowing all of that, he continued to love, right? It's crazy. Having experienced people rejecting him, walking away from him. You know, when he like comes onto the scene and in his hometown goes to the temple and he reads that prophecy from Isaiah and he Mm -hmm. says, today, Mm -hmm. this prophecy is fulfilling your hearing. They wanted to throw him off a cliff, but that did not stop him from continuing to love, continuing to put himself out there. It didn't derail his whole ministry that like the people closest to him Uh, rejected him. So my experience of writing it with you, editing it with you, is just that I got to know Jesus on a deeper level. Yeah, I'm so in awe of the way he loves. And I think sometimes we take these vignettes in the life of Jesus and, and it's a story. We don't fully enter into it and meet Jesus. We don't receive that love or that teaching for ourselves, but it's like a nice story. So I love what you're saying about vulnerability. And I think a fascinating thing that I'm just keying into in my own life is that when I'm vulnerable, the enemy is very upset about it Hmm. because my vulnerability invites people 
into the light. Yeah. That's essentially what vulnerability is. It's coming out of the darkness and saying, so true. I'm hurting. This is hard. I feel alone, like giving voice to it. You shine a light on it, which means now the Lord can enter into it and other people can say, oh my gosh, that's not just me. The enemy hates that. He's mm. attracted to vulnerability because he wants to stomp it out, which is why I think vulnerability and shame so often are a package deal yeah. because the enemy does not want people to be vulnerable because he does not want people to be free. I remember when I have a friend who called me once, I've told the story a few times, so you might've heard it before, but I had a friend call me when Mike and I were really struggling in our marriage mm -hmm. and I was super honest with her, which I hadn't really been honest with a lot of people about how desperate I felt in terms of feeling really at a loss with our marriage. And I remember saying that to her and speaking honestly, and she didn't shame me. She didn't say like, you shouldn't think like that. Ultimately she did. She said, you know, the Lord wants freedom for you. She, he doesn't want you guys. Uh, she corrected you, but she yes, didn't shame you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that was so beautiful to me that really flipped it for me was her sharing her own struggles in marriage mm. and saying, my husband and I have been there. I've been at the end of my rope. I've thought we couldn't last. And we did. And wow. we looked to the Lord and all he wanted was restoration in our marriage. And ultimately that's what we got because we decided to be on his side. We decided to live in that, mm -hmm. in that victory of this is what God wants for our marriage mm -hmm. is wholeness and oneness. And, but if she hadn't, if she had said like, marriage is wonderful. Like, I don't know why you're struggling. Like that Gosh. would have been so crazy. But she said to me, we've been in the dirt, Jenna. Yeah. And we got out and yeah. you can get out. To be able to be vulnerable with people and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Not only does someone else say, oh, me too, I had that struggle. But someone else says, oh, I've gone through that as well. And this is how I got out. And I can help you get out too. Well, she like breathed hope. Totally. Into what you thought was a hopeless situation. Right. But I think sometimes you share that and either people like you said, minimize and say, well, this mm -hmm. is wonderful. I can't, I can't see what your problem is. <laughs> or they say, yeah, marriage sucks. Yeah. This is the worst. Yeah. You just got to soldier on. Like neither of those two yeah. things are productive or fruitful. Neither of those attitudes come from the Lord. I love that example because you were met with vulnerability. Right. She shared her own yeah. struggle. But then she pointed to Jesus. Totally. And that like inflamed your situation with hope. In fact, you went in the house, you put her on speaker. I'm yeah. telling your story now. Yeah. And you prayed over the phone with her, with Mike. Yeah. So then that hope was transferred to you and transferred to Mike. Yeah. And bore fruit. Totally. In your marriage. Why do you think this is so hard for people though? To be vulnerable. Oh, man, I can tell you. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> tell me. Yeah, I think it's because we haven't always been met with compassion when we've shared something honest. I had an experience of this recently where, you know, I, I'd shared this thing with people that I loved, people one-on-one, -on -one, but when I kind of came out and shared a struggle for me, man, Satan was so mad about mm -hmm. that. And someone very close to me said some really hurtful things to me mm. about what I'd shared. And 
thank God I have a, mm. a good confessor who helped me to work through the anger and the unforgiveness and some of the shame that wanted to resurface. And I understand now that Satan wants me to shut up about my victory yeah. because he does not want other people to be free. And so he's trying to renew that agreement that I had made for so long with a spirit of shame. And this time around, I'm just asking Jesus to wage a holy war on fear and shame in my life. All of that to say, sometimes we've had the experience of stepping out in vulnerability, even being invited by Jesus to step out in vulnerability for the freedom of many people, Mm -hmm. even the freedom of one heart, one Mm -hmm. marriage to be restored. Yeah. The enemy doesn't want that. And so he's going to shut you down through criticism, through just even being like misunderstood. It could be a very human response. You share something vulnerably and a person is like kind of caught off guard. And, you know, I've been in that position where I like, I don't know what to say exactly. And I'm like saying the wrong thing or I'm not asking the Lord what he wants me to do or say. And I end up saying the wrong thing. You know, I've done that to people. So I shouldn't really be that surprised when other people in their humanity Mm. don't have the perfect response. But sadly, that can discourage me from continuing to be vulnerable and share, right? Yeah. In confession, this is what we do. We have to like say our stuff. I wonder if that's why it's hard for people to, people, me, pointing at myself, (laughs) hard to go to confession is you don't want to have to share your heart like that, share your feelings. Yeah. It's like another level of vulnerability, I think. Not only just like, here's my story, here's how Jesus loves me, but like (laughs) saying, this is where I mess up a lot. Yeah. And I have to tell someone else that. Well, I think too, we sometimes forget that in the confessional we're encountering the person of Jesus. Right. We're not. We think uh, it's this we think it's just the priest and he's gonna like judge us. Totally. Yeah. But it's not true. We're talking to Jesus. I've been thinking a lot about hearts changing and just like being transformed. Mm-hmm. I feel like parts of our heart actually change, soften, become less hard when we are vulnerable in confession, mm-hmm. in relationships. What do you think changes in our hearts when we're vulnerable with people? Think about the language of putting up walls, right? having boundaries, hardened heart. I, we understand on some level that not being vulnerable affects our hearts mm. and is a, like it keeps people out. Yeah. And it hurts us. When I don't share, it hurts me yeah. to keep things inside. Again, Satan capitalizes on that. Yeah, you're alone. Nobody understands Mm, you. Yeah. If you share that, people are going to judge you. If you tell a priest, he's going to yell at you. Then the walls go up higher, higher. Then there's a padlock. (laughs) Then there's barbed wire at the top of the fence. You know, all these things that make it harder to penetrate and and really even see who we are. But that's how I feel like the more people I talk to, the more people say, I don't trust anyone. I let no one in. I'm the only person that I can depend on ever. Okay. That's not the Lord. No. 
right? No, I I can see how people get there though. It it no, totally. It hurts to be misunderstood. It hurts to be rejected. It hurts not to be received when you share something deeply personal. Mm -hmm. But I think this is why Jesus talks to the disciples about forgiveness, right? And Peter asked, like, how many times? Seven times? Like, that seems like a lot of times. (laughs) And the Lord said 70 times seven, which I think we all understand is not a fixed numerical figure. He's saying we're supposed to forgive forever, as many times as it takes. And that's something I've been wrestling with too, that like, how do you forgive people that continue to hurt you? How do you have boundaries, but continue to be open-hearted? I think these are all things that we have to explore in prayer with an open heart to the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm still working on it, so I'm not sure I have it totally figured out, but I have a sense that forgiveness is a big part of it. The answer to not being received in vulnerability is either walls or forgiveness. So the scripture is coming to me, Deuteronomy maybe. Okay. The Lord says to the Israelites, I put before you life and death. So choose life. So when we're not received well, you think the only option is to not trust that person, right? That's to choose death, to put Mm. up a wall, to distance yourself in the relationship and that seems like a really reasonable response, right? But the Lord's response to betrayal is forgiveness. The Lord's response to not being received is to forgive, is to understand that person, their limitations, and to pray for them. Yeah. I loved this quote I found from C.S. Lewis, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Wow. When you read that, it sounds ridiculous. I know. It sounds like he's being hyperbolic. He's exaggerating. But isn't that the truth? Because to love is to be vulnerable. He said that, right? Yeah. To love at all is is to to be be vulnerable. vulnerable. We cannot love without vulnerability. My question is... Mm -hmm. What does this mean for Lent? Like we're going into Lent, we're talking about vulnerability. It's the first chapter of the Lent devotional. Yes. But what do you think? I think it's a daily practice that we have to do to live a life of vulnerability. And in that first chapter, we laid out an example of how Jesus was vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But what do you think that means for the beginning of this Lent? Well, I think first and foremost we can practice vulnerability in our relationship with the Lord. Yes. Because you know, I want you to know, if you don't know, the Lord is never going to shame you. He's never going to yell at you. He's not mad at you. So you can bring things into the light with the Lord, and He's not going to punish you. So He's the safest person to practice vulnerability with. That might sound like a really lofty thought Mm. or idea, but it can be done really practically. You can say like, on a day that you're abstaining from meat on a Friday, Lord, this is really hard. I really wanted to go out to dinner with my husband and a steak sounded really good after a hard week, you know? You can just share and, and to share incrementally. I think vulnerability, talking about vulnerability, you might be feeling like you have to put all of your stuff out there Mm. all the time to everybody. And that's not vulnerability. Mm -hmm. That's like bad boundaries. 
But I think even sharing those little things vulnerably, aka honestly Mm -hmm. with the Lord, Mm -hmm. consistently with the Lord, and being met with His understanding and compassion, simply being met by God's kindness, you'll begin to trust Him a little bit more to become even more vulnerable. I think another super practical way to practice vulnerability in Lent is to go to confession. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's super great. It's a good practice to get into. I also just love that we use the word practice when it comes to faith because Mm. we don't like have it down. I don't always want to go to confession. I'm kind of nervous about it at times. So we practice. We practice the faith. We practice vulnerability. What do you think? What are your thoughts for vulnerability in Lent? I mean, I think what you shared is beautiful. I'm excited about that. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm excited because for Lent, I'm going to go to the chapel every day. Yes. I just want to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament every day. Can we talk about that for a second? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Can we talk about how vulnerable the Lord is? Oh, my gosh. So we talked about it. The obvious example, Jesus as an infant, helpless, dependent upon his mother and humanity. Yeah. How vulnerable that is, but how vulnerable is the Lord to become bread, to transubstantiate into this ordinary, you know, under the guise of simple, humble bread and wine. And then, as if that's not enough, I mean, to make himself vulnerable enough for us to consume, even without any real intention, with sin on our (laughs) soul, to be forgotten about in a tabernacle, like... The vulnerability never ends with the Lord. He waits in a tabernacle for us, Mm -hmm. longing for us to come. Just totally unassuming, this like simple white host. Yeah. The presence of God in the world. And he just waits. Talk about vulnerable. His whole heart is out there. He's so beautiful. You know what else I would like to say? Vulnerability is attractive. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like when people share, it draws you in. Vulnerability is so inviting. Don't we appreciate vulnerability in other people? Totally. But then we're scared to death of it. Mm -hmm. Again, tactic of the enemy. But it's so beautiful and, and how beautiful for us to present our heart, to offer our heart to people, to offer our story to people. And then they're ultimately attracted to us. Well, I love what you said earlier too about... Like, it's not vulnerability for vulnerability's sake. Ultimately, yes. it's pointing back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Everything good mm-hmm. is pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this Lent is going to be beautiful. I think thousands of women all over the world who are opening themselves up to the Lord is thousands of women who are setting the world on fire just by their hearts being changed and softened and mm-hmm. growing closer to Him, you know? Amen. Thank you, friend. Thanks for your vulnerability. Yeah. I love you. I love your story. Thanks. And you know, it reminds me that the Lord uses everything. Nothing is wasted with him. So even those parts of our heart or story, our past that we think that's got to stay in the past. Yeah. That's got to stay in the dark. It's not true. Yeah. I believe that someone probably many ones, they'll read your story, the things that you offer, Mm -hmm. you know, in all courage 
and generosity. And they'll think I can do that too. We should wrap it up because I just want to cry thinking about it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Now you have to pray because I'm crying. Okay. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and for your kindness. Thank you so much for welcoming us every single day into your presence. Lord, I ask a special anointing over every person who has a heart that's drawn to you. Just a special peace, Lord, to come over us. A special desire to come to you before we go to anywhere else, Lord, before we go to an addiction or our phones or another person, Lord, that we are just drawn to you. Thank you for welcoming us with open arms no matter our past. Thank you for hearing our hearts and our emotions and our stories and for just saying, I love you. Thank you for using everything in our lives, God, for your good. Lord, I just ask that you're, you are with us in a special and intimate way this Lent. That when we feel tired, Lord, something in our lives reminds us to just draw close to you, to remain in you. Thank you for who you are and your example. We praise you, God. All glory be to the the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Jesus, I want to ask a special anointing on Jenna on her family, and on the Lent devotional, that it would be a great blessing, pleasing to your heart, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Beth. (laughs) See you later. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.